Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Teamwork A Better Way podcast. I'm Christian Napier and I am joined as always by the magnificent Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? I am doing very well, Christian. But hopefully those of you who are listening, I know lots of you listen internationally and and many people around the world are celebrating Easter this next weekend in Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox there. It's coming up this this next week. So this is this continues to be a big holiday week for many people around the world. Well, and I guess we have a fantastic Easter celebration week then because we have an amazing guest, Spencer, that you've introduced uh, uh, or that you will introduce to us. So Spencer, I'm really eager for you to introduce our very special guest today. Yes, today, Christian, we have Lita Green. Now, <clears throat> I know Lita at, from the National Speakers Association, and uh, but let me tell you, I got to meet her on, on her podcast, and I absolutely love this woman. She is absolutely amazing. She is an international speaker. She has given three TEDx talks, and she's the author of two best-selling books, and you know, she, she she tells all these accolades that she has that are like a, a, a book long themselves, but not to intimidate anybody. She doesn't want to do that. What she wants to do is really help unleash what she calls your hotness. And, um, it, it, but it, she is known as hotness, and, and I'm going to have you explain that. But at, at 12, she won the Boy Scout arm wrestling competition, Right. Yes, I did. <laughs> and none of those boys asked me out, which is your next line. <laughs> right. Well, that, the, too bad for them. That, let me just say that. It they, all worked they, out fine. They, they all, I'm sure, married lovely women, those that I know. It's all great. <laughs> yes. Um, and so she inspires each of us to really embrace what makes us individually hot and amazing. She's an image consultant. Uh, she's been a makeup artist since 1999, and she not only helps her clients feel their best, uh, but look their best, and, but she's built a multi-million dollar business in the direct sales uh, industry as a, a beauty consultant, as, and just in the beauty industry. She's sought after as a trainer, as a speaker, and you know her message is really one of honoring yourself uh, through being authentic to who you are. And she is so funny and humorous, and people really engage with with her and her style. She just makes people feel uh, like they want to let out their their hotness and authenticity. And you know, she talks about things like maturation programs for girls and confidence workshops for tweens, teen girls, women seminars, uh, talking about things for parents and. Uh, sex abuse. You know, she is not afraid to talk about anything, and she just you know, she'll just throw it out there and, and she's so much fun to, to, to talk about anything. But family, a beautiful family, mother of Nathaniel, uh, Ailsa, how do I say that? Ailsa? Elsa is how we say it, but Elsa. I actually think you're saying it correctly. It's an Irish name, but we decided we're in Utah. We can spell it how we want, pronounce it how we want, but it means- See how she just made me feel good for, for saying it wrong? <laughs> Not the first time. Ailsa. That's how yeah. I, I'm like trying to pronounce it all Gaelic there, right? Um, and Caitlin, and who Lita and her husband, uh, I'm sure, just love and, and, and adore. And uh, so we're so glad to have you with us, Lita. Thank you for coming on the, the Teamwork a Better Way podcast. 
I'm honored to be here. And I have to address the elephant in the room for the visual people. So the guy with the best head, mean the less hair, so he's willing to show it off, has the biggest. And then it goes down to to my head because I've had to decorate it with all this hair. So, so oh, so he ruined the visual. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of made me happy. It's like this focal point. Like, you know, and it ends with the hair. <laughs> Well, so we, you know, you have lots of experience in in the direct sales world, and and to me, you know, I've had it's been about twenty three years since I have been involved in the industry. I think it's a, a phenomenal industry. I actually learned so much from my time, invested a lot in. I actually, you know, ran a business, had had full time offices for health and, and nutrition types of products. So I'm, I'm very familiar with the industry. I have many good friends. Uh, actually, we've got a couple on. And, uh, oh, actually, I'll, I'll have to get to those comments in a second. But this is an industry where, um, you know, I learned so much about sales and about how to deal with rejection, at, which is really needed in business, period, in any kind of business. And it right. was something that, uh, that I consider to be a, a great university for me to, uh, to learn how to be successful in my businesses now. Um, so talk to me, why is this a subject that is important for teamwork when we're talking about direct sales, which is usually seems like independent business owners? Well, because you're not hiring people, right? And so there's different ways you can bring people on. And because of that, because of the lack of maybe qualifications of everybody that you're bringing on, you know, you might, you know, in the health and nutrition, bring on someone who doesn't have any expertise in health and nutrition or in my, my business, you know, I'm a makeup artist. I have those qualifications to be selling beauty products, but I would end up having people on my team who don't even know how to put makeup on themselves. So that unequal playing field that people come into, and then the rejection that comes with sales any kind of sales that you're doing, the lack of consistency and training, which is going to help get your team together, but it leads to a really bad reputation for the industry. And so I've been with one direct sales company for 21 years. I love the products. I will sell them till my hands are shaken so much that people are like, no, I'll put it on myself. Thank you. Right. I love what I'm doing. But it's really sad to think about how many times people look at that, the whole industry and throw it under the bus when it's really a great opportunity if you approach it in the right way. And what is that? I mean, how, and how do you how do you do that? I mean, and, and does it matter? Is that really dictated by the the corporate office or is that dictated by the individual uh, reps? I think it's a combination of both. I think, you know, they they want people to recruit people, right? Like they have an incentive structure, you get what you reward, right? And the incentive is to recruit people. But if a company is structured correctly, meaning that you can make a good living just off of selling the product, I often recommend to people that one, don't join because somebody has got you excited about how much money you can make. Money is the worst reason to start a business, passion, interest, um, a desire to do that, a desire to actually help people meet the need, you know, do that. But if there's just money, I often make the joke that you can go stand on a street corner, ladies, and make lots of money. 
<laughs> very little, very little structured time investment into learning the skill set required to make money is just out there prostituting yourself, right? There's a lot of things in life that don't require a lot of skills and people will tell you that you, oh, don't worry, I've got my plug and play system. You just follow my five steps, you know, this kind of thing. And what happens is people get in because they have not been properly onboarded with training because there's this, you know, you got to get them buying and doing and getting in the habit of buying things in their first 90 days because statistics and direct sales show that people will probably quit in that first 90 days. So they're so anxious to get you to get your friends and family in so that they can see if they can recruit them or get them to be a customer of their product. They're not properly onboarding with adequate training, rather slow down the sales process to speed up the training to get people really being able to be successful, be willing to take the time to really like, does this person have what they need to succeed before you let them buy the product, right? And that way, what happens is people end up feeling like they are the failure, not that you did not onboard them correctly. So I've got a question for you, Lita. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you've been involved with the same company for 21 years and and perhaps before we move forward, would you mind taking just a little step back and tell us about your own journey in this? Because um, that's that's very interesting for me uh, that you've had that kind of longevity. And I'm, I'm curious what you saw in the products and the company that led you to them, that led you to try this out and then yeah. uh, stick with it for so many years. Well, I was actually, as a makeup artist and image consultant, I'd had an experience where I'd helped a bride do her makeup and the next day she broke out into hives and the only thing i could tell her to do was to put a salve of aloe vera on her face and it was because i was using very accepted but powder-based products that were um i'm i'm against powder makeup because it increases a comedogenic product that opens up your pores and creates you know dries your skin out and all this kind of different things but anyway i was like i need to be using better products for my clients but what i was using was i saw out of the price range of most people so i started saving money to find a product line thinking i would like be investing like the hairstylist you walk in it's like a paul mitchell salon thinking i would be some kind of um you know exclusive retailer for a product line and i was super actually super disappointed that the product line that matched the science that I was looking for and the usability for the end consumer that I was looking for was a direct sales. So my first nine years with the company, I did not purposely recruit anyone. Some people joined my team, but I was like, ah, oh, now I'm going to have to train them. So I was not looking to build a team. I was just looking for a product line in line with my expertise and my passion and my drive. And I consider that a huge part of my longevity is that I didn't join thinking, oh, I'm gonna make all this money and it's gonna be so great. I'm gonna go on a trip. I joined thinking, I love what I do and I can help other people and I need to represent the best product line for the price. And that is what, that is why I joined. And I took the product, I investigated it, I read, the big, huge manuals on the science. Um, I'm sure I drove the lady that was trying to recruit me crazy because she was trying to get me all excited. And I'm like, I need some more science information. 
so, so that's how you that's how you, you know, slow them down. I need, I need the science here, right? Yeah. Not just the hype, I, not just the the enthusiasm. And I want to come back to this idea of hype and enthusiasm. But before I, I go on, there's a couple of comments online. And uh, Harold Gartner says, uh, don't forget Passover this week. So yep. uh, we, we missed that. And also we have Gerasimos Zeverdas from Greece says hello. So we've got people listening to you from all around the world today. I actually celebrate Passover every year with a group of friends and this year we were in Austin to do it so I love Passover I don't happen to be Jewish but I love the traditions and the symbology that so I could I could talk about that if you guys want but let's go yeah. back yeah no, we, it's, it's and, interesting. And, and, uh, this is all also happening during Ramadan, right? Uh, yeah. so that is that is exactly. This is yeah. It's amazing time. Yeah, amazing it time. Is. You know, I I I studied. Uh, we've been studying the Passover, and it's been so exciting this this last week. And and uh, we uh, you know had the some of the movies that you're all familiar with on 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 Sunday. But talk about uh, Lita. How has the current economic environment just you know with this with the great dissatisfaction and and um everything that's going on with the with the relocation of of jobs how has that impacted the the direct sales industry well i can't speak to the whole entire industry i can speak to some trends that i've heard about um and i can see obviously people that have come to me and have been interested in joining but joining when you're in a crisis is not a good time to join or start your own business you wouldn't go down to the bank and say i need a loan to start a brick and mortar business when you're in a crisis you'd have to be planning preparing so that's my recommendation to people if you want to have a you know what we call a side hustle you're going to put a plan in place and is that going to be something where you're creating the product line you know are you a i mean i'm a mom and I can't get away from how powerful direct sales are for us moms because we don't have to create the product. We don't, I don't have to have, I mean, I have a friend who's making $5,000 plus a month um, selling bows that she makes on her kitchen table. And I'm like, awesome, that's incredible, right? But she's putting hours into making it where I can simply order the product that I trust and believe in and you know, do the, what sells the product right? So there's all different kinds of ways for we women and men, but a lot of us, especially, you know, if you have multiple kids, you want to be home with your kids, but you still may have the drive to have um, your own business or to create income. But doing that when you're in a crisis, you need to be starting very small and working on skill sets because fear grows when skill sets are low. And the way that people try to compensate for that is to hype you and get you excited, but that ends up leaving somebody when they don't succeed because of lack of skill sets, leaving them in failure. And how can that not undermine your team at large, right? Your company at large, having people out there that are dissatisfied because of their experience with the, the team, with the culture of recruit them, recruit them, recruit them, um, how is that not a bad thing? Of course, that's going to be a bad thing for your company and for your individual brand and relationships with people. Yeah, let me uh, let me change my my camera here because I I, I want to stop being. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> here, I'll move back. So no, I'm, no, I, I'm just changing because always... <laughs> I, I want to I want to be in sync here. But uh, I'm working on a, a new laptop here. But here, look, um, look, Spencer, I've got the biggest head now. 
<laughs> I loved it because I mean, we had a nice close up on you when I do you a single like this because then it, we can yeah, see your I'm makeup. Like... <laughs> um, you know, one of the things you talk about is you know, people get in for the hype and you say do it for the passion and enthusiasm. You know, I, I you've you've heard it said before that, you know, do what you love because then you don't have to work. And, and I I think that's a lie. I, I that do you see me go? You that's know, a I lie. Like little mom look because that's that's the that's I mean you're gonna say it too, but it's such a big lie because life yes. is work. It and is work. It is work. I don't care if you're an if you play basketball for a living. If you're an NBA player and you love playing basketball, I'm gonna tell you what it is going to be a grind because you've got to practice every single day, and yeah. and if you're doing something that you love, what I believe is is it helps you to get through the grind. Right. And so, but, but if you're not prepared for the work and the effort that it's going to take, and you do that in a moment where of crisis and you add that fear and, and, you know, in one sense that fear can create urgency, which is something that's needed in business. You need to have urgency, have a fire lit under you, but it also can cause people to, um, to go out and make mistakes. And I saw, I would see that all the time in the direct sales. They would, people would push so hard. It's like, when you are pushing so hard, it, it actually repels success. Right. Because you need people at that time. You need your team. But the, the paradox is the moment that you don't need a team, then you obviously start to draw people to be part of, of the team. And it's, you know, and that is a really difficult place to get to. How do you, how do you make that transition? Well, for the first nine years I was with my product line, I was just retailing the product. I mean, I had like four women on my team. That's not going to make a big budget difference. You know, that's, there you are nice and big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. That's, you know, that's a, a nice date night out with your husband, right? I put my husband through school. I was the sole support just off the retail of the product because I love the product. And that's my recommendation to people. Before you ever try to recruit anyone, take a year just selling the product. You know, take time just selling the product. And if people come to you, that's because they're seeing you as a success. But a lot of times, and I've seen this with my own team members, and I've definitely made these mistakes as a team leader, that... You know, I'm like, yeah, sure, bring her in. And then I was in charge of training everyone, which I felt like led to, you know, a better outcome. But people want to work with the people they joined with, not somebody up there, right? They want to work with that person. But I would say to take the time to really sell the product, because then if someone comes to you, they're coming to you because they're seeing you have a positive result instead of just joining on, we're going to make money and we're going to go on trips. And that's such a just it, it grates your soul and it creates a bad name for the industry when you're simply recruiting on, look how successful I am instead of look how consistently success I can have, which is again, falling into that, doing the grind, doing the hard work that is gonna help you be consistently successful. Yes, yes. You know, I mean. Told you it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I got all excited. I, I've got um, a question. I, I've yeah. got a question for you, Lita. Um, so I, I feel like the passion 
can overcome fear to a certain extent. Uh, I am naturally an introvert. I don't enjoy selling anything, but I've got a startup that I believe wholeheartedly in, and I am happy to talk to anybody about it. Right. But that only gets me so far. Like you said, you've got to have this training. You need to understand the skills. So can you spend just a little bit telling us about the importance of this training? What kind of training? What kind of skills are you trying to impart so that your team can be as successful as you are? So there's three different ways to sell things, in my opinion. So the first way is the, the shame, the hype, the, oh, my crap, like, look, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to miss out. Where are you going to be in five years if you don't do this? Like this shame, this fear of loss. Oh, my heavens, if I don't do this, I'm missing something grand in my life. And we see this, you know, in a lot of times with weight loss products of, you know, you don't want to be, you know, this overweight, unhealthy person that has heart disease. Don't you want to be, you know, trim and have a six pack like me and people won't look at you weird, right? Instead of being like, I went to the gym, I worked really hard, I got disciplined with my diet. You see what I'm saying? Then the second way to sell things is the, you know, the, you can be as pretty as me, you can be as amazing as me, you can have all the success as me, don't you want to be me? We say this often in the beauty industry, the industry that I'm in, you know, these women that are just gorgeous. And I always tell people like, I'm super good looking, but I'm not so good looking that what I'm like, that, you know, people are flocking to do whatever it is that I'm doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, when you look at someone like the girl that I was, that didn't have all of her front teeth and I'm being peddled beauty or, you know, I have to be, you know, a size two or whatever. And you're like, um, that would cover one of my legs and I'm not overweight. I'm just a stocky, sturdy type of girl, right? That it ends up creating a loss in people. It ends up creating something, you know, a, a, a cycle of not feeling good about who themselves, who they are. And the third way to sell things is on the the science and the service and so when it comes to you know training your client to understand why you what you're offering is awesome if you get into what the benefits for them are so in my product line that's going to be the 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 science behind the product and then with the service that i'm serving them and taking care of them but the same modality applies to your team do they understand what they need to actually gain the loyalty of a client other than you're my sister right? Or you actually have the information from me that's going to help you understand why you want to wear this blush over another blush, this mascara over another mascara. And, you know, the beauty industry is pretty simple. It gets even more important about something you're going to be putting into your body, right? You are literally consuming that, not just through your skin. Do you understand what that really is going to do for the product line? And people, a lot of times they come up against issues, they'll say, well, um, you just weren't using it right. Or I've never had this happen to anyone else. So what are you doing wrong? And again, it's really easy to fall back into that shame. And a lot of people just go fine. I'll, you know, and they just don't return the product, which you can return any product with the direct selling industry approval, but they don't want to create a relationship stickiness with the person who sold it to them because they shamed them instead of making it a very easy process going back and forth which if people have a good experience with your product, you might get the one sale, but you're not going to get the reorder. And you don't have a business if you do not have reorder clients. So it's kind of this twofold process in direct sales where you're taking the team member and making sure they have the knowledge that they have to sell the product, represent the product, 
how to make the phone calls, not just text or Facebook message people and spam people, right? Like what skills, and when you're bringing someone on, you gotta be able to look at that team member and be like, what skills do they have? And what skills do they not have? And how to help them to bridge that gap by training them, not just being like, girl, just post what I post. You know, Lita, I think, um... Talk to talk to us a little bit about how you you develop the people on on your team because you said you know if it's just all about you, uh, you know that that's hard to replicate. How, but if you can if you can imbue success in the people that you work with, help them to be successful, so much easier to point to. Hey, you know um, I help Spencer you know, deal with his alopecia, uh, I mean, you know, whatever, <laughs> and, and look great, or uh, I, I help them go out and have success, and let's hear from them. But making the people that, that you work with a, a success is so much more powerful than, than it about you. And, and in some ways, Christian, that's about third-party, you know, documentation. It is other people are having success. So I think in a product line like, that that is not beauty or what you're using is you have testimonials, you have other people that are are using it and, and, and having great experiences. That's so much more powerful than even us telling that story. I mean, how, how do you do that, Lita? The, I mean, like those third party testimonials can be part of the, the service and science part of selling, but it can also quickly be the shame part. Cause if they're not having a good experience with it, it doesn't matter what somebody else has experienced. It's all about, that individual person. But to answer the question about skill sets, I think the number one skill set that people need to be successful that I train on all the time and it's super not exciting and it's super not sexy sounding, but it is time management. And especially when you are working from home, there are there is laundry and there is fun and there is your junk drawer. There's about anything you can think of that you would rather do than uh, pick up that phone and do, you know, what we call prospecting or um, just do the grind of the work. And it has been interesting that over my career of not just training my own team, but being a national trainer for the direct sales company that I work with for about eight years um, and training with other direct sales companies, it's all around how you're managing the boss of yourself. And you've heard that said, you know, would you hire you? I would totally hire me. But initially that was a little bit of struggle because I would just go around in our product line, you know, I can kiss and I'm like, look, it doesn't come up. And I would just go around to be super charming, you know? But then I now I have leads. Now I have people who've given me their phone number. If I don't learn the skill set of how to manage my time, to then do whatever form of diff whatever your industry has, you have to set that time aside. You have to figure out how to do that. And when you have little babies crying, wanting you, um, you're tired. It's not going to feel like a lot of fun. And and Christian, for you, that, that you're gonna anybody with your set of traits is going to want to avoid that. In other words, you you inherently want to procrastinate those type of activities, prospecting, dealing with, with, with people. You're, I know you, you fight through it and you're good at it, but other people who are listening, it, it takes so much energy. So one of the things that, that Lita, I recommend is that you do it when you have the most energy. So that's part of your time management, right? When I have a lot right. of energy, that's when I have to do the hard stuff. 
because that's that's what we're talking about. If you love what you're what, what you do, it allows you to 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 grind through that. And you talked about it, Christian. You've created this baby that you love, and that's what's going to allow you to to ha- actually have to do the hard work for you to succeed. There's no way around it. So with that, do you notice, Lita? Is there any change in just in terms of demographics for the for the people who are joining the industry and their work ethic, is there any relationship with with demographics and, and desire to to do the hard work? Well, that's what's so sad about our industry, isn't it? Is the direct selling industry is that you know Spencer has spent a long time developing skill sets to create his startup. He didn't just one day go, you know what? I think I'm going to join Susie in business, right? This was something he put a lot of work in. And so again, the skill set and the confidence are growing and growing because he's put all this different effort behind it. But people will join a direct sales business over the weekend and blast it out to all their friends and family. And their whole entire Facebook profile becomes, oh my crap, I'm gonna be so amazing and help me get on a trip, right? And people are like, oh, they've joined a cult, like this crazy. And three months later, statistics show that they've quit the business. And they go away feeling like a failure when really the failure was, whoa, how are you going to approach those people? I mean, I have systems that I use with that are completely different. If you go to my Facebook, there's very little talk about what I sell. It is about what I am. And I'm not doing that as a strategy for business per se. I'm doing that because I believe I should be pushing forward God and family more than a product, right? And it's, and it's all kind of taught me that over time it's moved into, you know, I'm, it's part of my brand and who I am and people like being a part of that, but that you cannot join on a whim and be successful. It is very rare that somebody is going to start a business on a whim, even joining, I mean, so many small businesses fail, like businesses, they went and got a bank loan. So you think you're just going to magically poof, be successful. And that is why so few people seem to make it. But there's a lot of people like me in direct sales that have just been the turtle and plugged along. And I don't, I still, 21 years in my, um, in my particular direct sales company, I still don't love making the phone calls, but I've gotten incredibly good at it. All right. So I've got a question for you about this, because it sounds to me that for anyone to be successful in this, you've got to have, uh, well, three things. One is one is the the passion for the product itself. Uh, number two is you need to develop the skills. Number three, uh, whoever is uh, manufacturing that product um, and, uh, you know, that that is the headquarter organization has to allow people to operate under this model because if they are uh, incentivizing people to go in a different direction, the fear route, the be me route, uh, the get rich quick route, then you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. So how do you find, I I guess, for lack of a better term, an ethical organization to work with? Because, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, have uh, negative feelings about this kind of an industry and, you know, they're, you know, people are taking advantage of others. So how do you find the one that you feel uh, 
will allow you to grow organically enough uh, and, and, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, work ethically without yeah. using the shame, without the fear, without the be me. Well, it's another skill set of, of confidence and being, you know, able to let people around you go, ha ha and do all these different things. But you go, you know what, I'm going to like be still within my own self and this is what I'm going to do. I think if you uh, join a team of somebody who's got longevity, and this is not me trying to plug, I'm talking about any industry, someone who has longevity, consistent success, that's probably more likely to be a better mentor than someone who's like, girl, I don't even know what happened. Like, just like, oh, I'm just so blessed. Hashtag yay. You know what I mean? Like finding someone who can actually help probably mentor you in those skill sets. But at the end of the day, if you're an independent business owner in direct sales or anything, it's about you managing yourself, learning those skills, becoming a student, always learning, always, I'm always gathering information of how I can get better. And I'm not like the end all of, of anything. I just have figured out how to be consistent in what I do and I have a passion, but I don't swallow the Kool-Aid. I don't think there's a direct sales company out there that I could say, oh yeah, they're running it exactly how I would want it to be run. But you get to do your own thing. And just because the company might have this, you know, 90 days incentive that they have, doesn't mean you have to hit it. Doesn't mean you have to go for it. What What is it you're wanting? Are you wanting some quick money to fizzle and die within a few months? Or are you wanting something that can be an income to you and a blessing to your family and help you to have more income for years and years and years and years? It's what are your goals? And get really clear on what your why is will help you what's really motivating you beyond the trips and all that kind of stuff. Cause those are not motivators. What really motivates people is what it's going to do for their family, what it's going to do for them individually. So get really clear on that and everything you do in your business, have it line up with that. You know, I think the, the trips and all those other things are part of keeping people under the ether, keeping you kind of stuck in the business till you do figure it out. And, you know, it's, but it, it, it ends up going from one thing to the next. You know, what's, what's, what's striking me is, you know, you talk about building an ethos or a brand that is not just, uh, well, it sounds like you've been very intentional about building your brand. And it's yeah. not just about, you know, in, 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 I don't know how better to say it, spamming everybody you know, but becoming a person of, of quality that you talked about your, your faith, your, your beliefs, just who you are and being that person of integrity that actually draws people to you. And, uh, whether or not they, they buy your product sounds like it's, it's irrelevant to you because you're, you're creating a, a brand of helping people is what I heard you say. So talk to us about how, how did you get involved in, in the speaking business and how does that fit in with your brand and why is that, you know, is that part of your strategy as well? So part of, part of, um, the beauty of not branding yourself by the product line that you sell, notice I haven't said the name. So if somebody were to watch this, they're like, wow, this lady's interesting. Let, you know, let's say this was a strategy. I'm just coming to share great content. Right. But I haven't branded myself by the product line I sell. I'm branding myself by who I am and I can maintain who I am. That is not hard for me to do. The, the speaking has come because God told me to. My husband um, was actually hit by a bus 
and then had a massive heart attack, died in my arms, came back to life. I saw my husband's soul come back into his body. I am a witness that God is real. We are more than what we think. Then I was also in a wheelchair and then my daughter died. And for some reason, people thought that was those were interesting events. As how that relates to direct sales, because it was my own business and I, you know, I know how to manage me and be my own boss, my business was still paying me through it. So that was a turning point for me going, you know, other people's spouses could get hit by buses. I'd like to help them, right? It was a turning point that through that time, I was still making money because my business was stable enough and resilient enough that when I did mess up with different clients, because I left a lady high and dry the day my husband got hit by a bus, I was not here to greet her for her makeover. And I'm sure she was super mad, but I had enough relationship equity with her when I did that, that she was willing to forgive me. And again, that goes back to that service, right? And a lot of this that I figured out because yes, I've been intentional about my business, but I didn't do it intentionally to create some kind of massive brand. It just happened by me being me. You know, hotness was somebody, people just started calling me hotness. And I'm like, who am I to disagree with that? And hotness is the heat we put out. Do we burn others in our path, leaving a wake of destruction like a wildfire? Or are we campfires that draws others to us? Which relates completely to what we're talking about is how are we drawing people to us? If, uh, if it's about looky, 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 that's going to be the wildfire. But if you are creating skill sets and you're passionate about what you do and you're always learning and you're going with an attitude of how can I help you, not can how can you help me, you're going to create a loyal group of people around you that can support you when life buses hit you and can financially support you when life buses hit you. So the speaking just kind of came from that. Even though I don't speak on those events, I speak on what makes you beautiful, confidence, resilience, and time management is one of the most sought after topics for you know entrepreneurial groups. But because I think it's so essential, even though it's not like sexy and exciting, but if you learn how to be the boss of you in all the ways, how you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself and what you implement, which is what we're talking about, everything's gonna flow, everything's gonna work out. And so it looks like I've been like this strategic mastermind when really I've just been like, I'm gonna be true to me. And if I'm doing it wrong, then I'm doing it wrong. But at least I can look in the mirror and feel good about who I am. And I had a mentor that told me one time that I had to learn how to pretend that people were my friends if I wanted to be successful. And I was like, then this level of success is good enough. And I'm still having success. It's just, I'm not willing to buy into that Kool-Aid if other people want to do that, but I have to like me. And if that costs me millions of dollars, that's okay. All right. Well, lead it. Gosh, I, 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 the time has gotten away from us, Spencer. I mean, I'm just listening to this enraptured uh, by, by what, by what Lita is saying. And uh, so we've got to wrap it up, but uh, before we do, Spencer, do you have any last uh, thoughts or questions? Well, just for Brian, Brian Scott uh, says hello from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Glad you you, you joined us, um, Lita. I, first of all, I had I had no idea that all of those things happened to you and in your family, and and uh, and so speaking is a great way that you can you can bring comfort to others who may be experiencing hardships and. You know, hardships are just a, a part of life. And that's another reason why you have to have passion to be able to get through the difficult things. And, 
you know, building a team, teamwork takes effort and it never ends. You, you don't ever get to the place where if I just read this article in Inc. Magazine that says the three steps of, uh, you know, of great teamwork or, you know, building a, a direct sales team, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get it. It's, you have to do it again and again, day in and day out. And, and really that success in business and in life is, is what I heard you say is, is, is becoming your best self and being that best self regardless of any other brand or anybody else that you work with. And that's that authenticity that I think you bring that allows you to have success that I think draws people to you. And so I, I just want to acknowledge that. And you are just like that little, you know, people are like moths to flame to that hotness of, of, of Lita. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you. I'm honored to have your respect. You're an awesome. I don't know you as well, Chris, but I just love, love Spencer. He's an amazing man. So if you hear hanging out with him, you're good stuff. Uh, well, I, I, I am honored Christian, to, so he'll rub off on me. <laughs> Sorry, I called you Chris. No. Your name is Christian. Yeah. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go by either name. It's, it's totally fine. Well, uh, we've been drawn to your campfire today, Lita, and, uh, I'm sure others who are watching or listening would like to be drawn to that campfire as well. So if people want to reach out to you, they want to learn more about what you're doing uh, or how you could potentially help them, what's the best way for them to contact you? Well, having a new name, um, Lita, L-E-T-A, and green like the color with an E on the end are pretty easy to find. So yeah, I'm out there. My website, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm there, but I'm talking about God and family. So if you want to have business talks with me, message me privately. I'm not like, you know, out there uh, doing, here's my three tips to success by my coaching program. I don't do that. Hey, Christian, listen, we are, I'm just thrilled that, that Lita came to, to speak with us today, but I, I just got to share that next week we have a great, great guest coming and her name is Teresa Arietta Walsh. And she is a, a CPA that actually works with Robert Half. Uh, associates and she is fantastic and she's really going to be focusing on how to you know build teams with global uh, consultancies and she's based out of the the bay area she's got 28 years of professional experience about uh, also working global projects and working with remote contractors which can be a really difficult challenge building a team because you know businesses are going more and more to contracting uh, these days and and with remote teams and that makes some some really challenging environments and so we invite you to to come and listen to that next week it should be really good yeah everybody uh, please stay tuned next week for that uh, in the meantime we'll be putting this up on uh, the various channels and uh, we'll have it on our podcast platform as well uh, shortly now spencer if people want to learn more about what you're doing and how you can help them what's the best way for them to reach out to you just go to altium leadership Dot com. That's A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com. Thank you, Christian. And uh, let's hear from you. All right. Well, very quickly, I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look up Christian Napier and uh, or you can go to my website, uh, Raconto, R-A-K-O-N-T-I, no, R-A-K-O-N-T-O dot I-O. Yes, I can spell my own company's name. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. Listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast and we will catch you again next week. Lita, thank you so much. It's my honor. Love being on. Thank you.